Reading our Bibles regularly can be a challenge, but we're all on this journey together. We're praying that this podcast inspires you, helps you better understand God's Word, and builds your faith. This is Join the Journey with your host, Emma Dodder. Thanks for joining. I am in the podcast studio with today's Devo writer, Mr. Chris Bryan. Good morning, Emma. Good morning, everyone. Hope you're having a great day. So glad to have you here. I would love to hear just a little bit more about how you came to know the Lord and then fast forward, what's going on in your life today? Yeah. So if you looked at my life, uh, you know, for the first two thirds of it, I was kind of chasing what the world said it should take to be happy. Mm. And what I found is like I just had this void and I no matter how much stuff I threw into it, I couldn't I couldn't fill it up. So I mm. tried filling it up with people, relationships, stuff, and it was never enough. Uh, so I fell in love and uh, I grew up in a cornfield in central Illinois and we moved nice, we nice. got married in Chicago and moved to Dallas and we started going to church. This okay. church actually, Watermark. Uh, and so How many years ago was that? That was, we've been married for 15 years, so. Amazing. Um, yeah, so as we started going to church, I kind of liken it to watching a foreign film without subtitles. You mm. kind of can follow along with the plot, but you don't know what's being said. Well, and that went on for about a year. And then at the end of the year, like, my wife's like, what do you think about becoming members of the church? And I was like, well, I guess we have to start giving money to church. I don't know how I feel about that. But, mm. all right, we'll do it. You know, that's what married <laughs> couples do. They join a church. Well, I— as we sat down with somebody to actually become a member of the church, I finally heard the gospel for the first time. And I learned, you know, how much Jesus loves me and what he did for me on the cross. And it just clicked. I, I could finally hear that language that I'd been sitting in church and free mm-hmm. faithfully for about a year. And it just started to change everything, you know. Um, I used to be angry. I used to have the mouth of a sailor. I used to have all these problems. And uh, what I realized is that, you know, I could I could go to Jesus with those things and that he was there to carry me and, and he was more than enough. And that void in my life was Jesus that I'd been missing all this time. So, uh, and that's where I've been. So I've been running ever since. I know? love it. Yeah. And now you serve in Equipped Disciple, is that right? I do. So shortly after this happened in my life, uh, my wife was actually uh, taking Equipped Disciple and she was like, hey, you should go check it out. And what I learned, you know, for those of you who don't know what Equipped Disciple is, it's a it's a class about what we would call a church spiritual disciplines, but it's basically just learning how to walk with Jesus, like how mm-hmm. to read and understand your Bible and how to memorize scripture and, you know, really just to, to draw close to him. And I've got hooked. I was there as, as a participant and then I've been leading there ever since. So it's been about 14 years. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you, Chris, for faithfully serving it. And I know you've been really involved throughout the year. So we're, we're grateful. Thank you. Um, that said, today we are in Nehemiah 12. We are. And I'm going to let you take it away. Yeah. So uh, I want to tell you, Nehemiah is actually my uh, favorite book of the Old Testament. Nice. And I've got some reasons why I love Nehemiah. You know, I look at, like the first thing is, is most of the stories of the Old Testament revolve around prophets and kings and priests. But Nehemiah was just a, a normal guy in a position of power. And, you know, as a governor, and God just used him for amazing things. And uh you know, the book itself is so practical, but it's biblical. You know, he combines strategy and projects and leadership along with prayer and trusting in God to provide. And God provides in huge ways, which we get to see here in this chapter. Um, and it shows that God can accomplish anything, you know, if we trust and obey. I mean, they rebuilt this wall in 52 days. Like, can you imagine? I mean, how mm-hmm. crazy it is. Oh, so crazy. So as we double-click into Nehemiah 12, you know, the chapter is divided into a few sections. You know, the first section is a little bit of a continuation from chapter 11, which Mm -hmm. is yesterday's podcast, where 
the people who played roles in the reconstruction of the wall and the reestablishment of the Israelite presence in Jerusalem. And the list in chapter 12, I think, is a big deal because it's Nehemiah sharing the names of the priests and the Levites that were on the ground in Jerusalem after the construction. Nehemiah was not just rebuilding a wall. He was attempting to lead the people in following the Lord. And he wanted them to make sure that the people remembered that they had priests and Levites to minister for them. So we get through this list, and then we get to the second section, which is all about the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem. So here we see that scholars believe that Nehemiah's, it's, it's his personal account. He uses the word I in it, right? And it's, what it's all about is that he had all of the leaders of the restored Jerusalem march around the top of the rebuilt walls with two large choirs marching in op- opposite directions all around the perimeter wall. And if you think back earlier to chapter 4, this is the same wall that their enemies were scoffing about and had claimed would, that the wall would be so weak that even a fox walking on it would break it down. But they're marching around on it and having a party on it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. So they hold a great celebration and a, with a massive feast from the great sacrifices they offer to God because he had given them great joy. You know, we're going to do a double click into this in a minute because this is my aha from this chapter. Ah. And I'd like to go deeper on it. Um, I love it. And then we go to the third piece of it, where Nehemiah then moves to talk about men being put in charge of the store storerooms for first fruits and for tithes. That would be the provision for the priests and the Levites, the singers and the gatekeepers of the temples, the temple. He makes reference to the tradition being reestablished from the days of David and Solomon, and that there was a great praise and thanksgiving from everyone at mm-hmm. this. So basically, this is like everything's done. And we, need to Complete. C- and we need to celebrate that, right? And then he starts to reestablish the things that they need to move forward. So that's kind of a flyover as to what's going on in Nehemiah 12. Let's, uh, let's go back to your aha moment, yeah. if, if you will. In that second section, what stood out? You know, as I think about that second sec- section, it was really like they accomplished something that was Herculean. Mm-hmm. And there was like something that was just unheard of. People were scoffing about that. And God just provided. He provided a way. And, but they, t- they not only had a bunch of work still to do, but Nehemiah took the time and he made it very intentional and he made it a big deal. He brought in singers. He brought in, you know, people to celebrate. He brought in people from all over. Mm-hmm. And just my aha in life is because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a list checker in life. <laughs> we need to take time to celebrate when things happen, you know, big right. things and small things. God loves, God loves to celebrate. And, you know, so my aha moment was, is like, you know, he could have just plowed into the next set of things he had to do because he had a lot to do to reestablish, you know, his people there. And they get to that, but they took time to celebrate, you know. So we, I, you know, I can't speak for you, Emma, but in my life, it's like there's just a perpetual list of things that I need to get done, but I need to stop and I need to pause and I need to give thanks and I need to celebrate things, mm-hmm. you know, big things and small things that happen. Yeah. Would you say, is that your application from this passage? You're, you're walking away with that? Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, so I, as I think about, I've got young kids mm-hmm. and as they're accomplishing things, it's like, we need to not only praise them, but celebrate that too, right? And in my own life, it's like when we accomplish big things at work or in ministry or other things, uh, we just need to stop and give thanks for that. Mm-hmm. And we need to celebrate that. We need to give that glory to the Lord because he thinks it's a big deal. He's He's praising us for mm-hmm. it. So we need to, we need to talk, stop and reflect on that. I love that reminder, Chris. Maybe a, a good challenge for all of our listeners could be to do one of two things. One is there's something that's going on in your life, a win, an achievement, an accomplishment. You've met a goal that you could invite 
others in to celebrate with you. Absolutely. Or number two, do you see something in a friend's life, a family member's life, a community group member's life that you can celebrate in in others? Yeah, exactly. Not everyone's intrinsically wired to do this. So if if it's, you you can encourage others to do this. We should stop and celebrate. We should. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Chris, thank you for being here. Thank you. You're welcome. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. The Join the Journey podcast is produced by Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. You can learn more about Watermark by connecting with us on social media. Just search Watermark Church, all one word. And to read along with us, visit jointhejourney.com. And thank you guys for listening.